Hi, everyone, and welcome to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Olivia Mentor. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today we're talking about your favorite beach reads and our favorite beach reads as we approach, hopefully, lots of tropical, poolside, relaxing vacations for everyone. I can't believe we haven't done this episode before. I'm very excited to have a comprehensive list of our best beach reads because this is a question I get a lot. And this is also a topic I feel very passionate about. Yeah, I feel like it was very soothing even just listening to the voicemails. So hopefully it, it puts everyone in a very kind of vacation-y state of mind. Well, before we get to it, can we do some highs and lows? Sure. What's your high? So my high is that I just got back from my trip to Palm Beach and it was excellent. We were there for three nights. It was the perfect little getaway. Truly, we go for the hotel more than the city at large. So we don't leave during the day. We just sit by the pool and, you know, alternate between going into the pool and like laying on lounge chairs. I only read one book this vacation, but, you know, it was just it was very relaxing during the day. And then at night we go out in Palm Beach to to go to dinner. So it was wonderful. That sounds lovely. The photos looked amazing. Oh, we had so much fun. I went with three of my best girlfriends from college. It was so great to see them and have like multiple days of, of catch up time. I loved your post this morning with all the colorful dresses and stuff. It was really, it just looked really fun. We did a great job color coordinating, not on purpose. That's a good thing about a beach vacation and a girl's trip. I feel like it's really, it's really easy to coordinate, which I just love a coordinated outfit moment in general. I also love getting ready with girlfriends. Like, I think it's so fun and it's something Mm -hmm. that you don't get to do a lot in your 30s. Like, the act of getting ready to go out. We had two rooms that were adjoining. And the act of, like, bopping back and forth between the rooms and looking in each other's closets and, like, putting on your makeup next to somebody else. Like, it's just so fun and you don't get to do that that much as you become adultier. It's true. It's really one of the most simple and just best pleasures of life. Yes. What about you? What's your high? Uh, like, do I have a high? Um, my high, I think my high is that Jake has really been working on our guest room for the past week. And we painted it this color. I think it's called Red Earth by Pharaoh and Ball. And it's a sort of like dusty clay, red, pink salmon color. And it's probably the most bold color that I've ever chosen for a room in my house. And I was a little unsure and we painted the windows and I was still a little unsure, but we have the the coat of primer up on the walls now, which is the same color as the paint. And it looks like exactly how I imagined it. So I am really excited about it. Oh, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to sleep in the room. <laughs> yeah, you're well, it's it's the best room and it has such a nice breeze. It's, it's nice. Oh, I can't wait. Now, I know that you're heavy on the low front. What <laughs> is going on? Yeah. So I debated, honestly, how I was going to talk about any of this. I even debated doing the episode today because I'm probably in as bad a place mentally and emotionally as I've been. I don't know, maybe ever. Definitely like top 10 worst week of my life, maybe top five. I don't know. So that was so embarrassing. But basically, (laughs) on Thursday, I spilled my water on my laptop and... um, I, I have my, my water bottle in my armpit. It had a lid before people ask it, but the lid was open. <laughs> I leaned down to unclip Winnie's leash. Cause we had been outside and we keep her on a long leash, whatever. And as I leaned down, my laptop was in the same hand that my 
water bottle was like under my armpit, the same side of my body, I should say. Anyway, the water bottle just sort of waterfalled out into the into the laptop, which my laptop was six years old. So when I saw it die, I was like, okay, not great. And then I realized that I had recently switched to Microsoft Word, which I didn't know does not back up anything you're working on. So I soon realized that I had lost uh, the 70,000 word draft of the book that I have been working on nonstop for months, Um, which was honestly really devastating. But the worst part was just that I felt so incredibly stupid. Like I just felt like the world's dumbest, most worthless person. (laughs) So anyway, brought it to a computer store. It was dead. It's gone. All of it. The laptop's gone. (laughs) And, uh, had to start over. Um, I don't know. I was like, I have to start over now because I'm afraid I'm going to lose everything that's in my brain that I've been working on. And, um, I did that. And then, a day into like a 12 hour day of writing, my mom called me in like with some very bad news about a family member. And, you know, that obviously makes the book thing seem very unimportant. And I won't get into that, but I just like, I don't know, I've been struggling. <laughs> and um, I feel like sometimes when a bad thing happens, you kind of like have this thing where you think that nothing else bad will happen. You're like, okay, like that happened. I'm going to deal with it. So when you go to deal with it and then something else bad happens, something worse, then you're like juggling these two things. And anyway, it's just, I was like, I don't know if I should talk about this, but everyone's going through shit. And if you are too, you know, you're not alone. So I'm so sorry, but also you're not the stupidest person in the world. I told you this on text, (laughs) but like there's literally a Sex in the City episode about this. This is how common it is that, you know, you break your computer and lose some amount of work yeah i feel like all writers have this horror story so it's not just you thanks yeah i don't know what it is with me and beverages this spring (laughs) i'm just i feel like i'm not a really clumsy person and i don't know if i'm just like kind of out of sorts because like we're in a new place everything is sort of in this in-between state of like feeling like we're still kind of moving in and I I don't know. I don't know. I just was like, why can't I get my shit together? Like, what is wrong with me? But thank you. That that's encouraging. It could be your year of dehydration, boycotting all beverages. (laughs) I'm just gonna walk around with a camel back at this point. Oh yeah, or one of those hats. Just (laughs) literally anything. (laughs) Literally anything. I'm joking, but I'm going to be my year. my year of dehydration because i think i i have not stopped crying for like five days straight basically um but anyway we're gonna talk about some beach reads and i think that'll be good yeah (laughs) what's your low so i don't want to encroach on your territory because i feel like this is like your lane but I got this super weird, I think it's a chemical burn when I was in Palm Beach. So on Friday, the first like full day we were there, I, I kind of just had this like red spot on my arm. And then throughout the weekend, it got worse and worse. And now it's like, it's definitely a burn. It's like bubbling and like, it's very ugly. And my friends think that it's 
like a lime burn. Have you heard of a margarita burn? Yes. I've never heard of this. Happened to my mom. Yeah. Oh, I've never heard of this. So basically any kind of citrus fruit makes your skin photoreactive. And so if you get any like lime or anything on your skin and then are in the sun, it burns really, really easily. And so I like don't recall getting anything on myself, but I had a Paloma on Friday, which is grapefruit. And then I was drinking um, like sparkling water with with lime in it. So I'm like, it's totally possible that I did, but it's just this very weird burn on my forearm that is so aggressive. And it's not a sunburn because it's not like over the whole of my arm. Like I wasn't sunburned anywhere else. Is it painful or? No, not really. Okay. Well, that's good at least. Like a little bit. Yeah. But not like as much as I would expect. I don't know. So I just have this like hideous bubbling burn on my arm. Gosh. Well, if you need any burn bandages, I <laughs> I have a lot that I can send you. Yeah. I need to go get some bigger bandages today. I have um, bandages my aunt sent me that are literally like the size of two sheets of printer paper oh put together. Gosh. It's just one giant so anyway anything you need i'm here for you but that is super annoying luckily it's not that it's not that big so this is still your lane i'm just you know (laughs) taking a slight veer into it i'm i'm glad for you (laughs) that it's not as bad but it's a good word of warning i had never heard of this i know it but i would never like drink any differently because of it yeah so i guess cautionary tale of any kind of citrus-based beverage in the sun yeah be careful out there when you're reading your beach reads. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Let's take a quick ad break and then get into some reading. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. When you have a lot of obligations and commitments on your plate, it can be hard to prioritize time spent on you and only you. And I don't mean on your work either. Taking specific time out of our hectic schedules to reflect on how we're feeling and how we might feel better is crucial to being our best selves, but it can be so hard to prioritize. Therapy has been one of the best ways I've scheduled in time every single week to make sure I'm checking in with myself and my emotions. BetterHelp can be a great option if you think therapy might be for you. With BetterHelp, you can focus on developing better coping skills or getting support during a tough time. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Spending time on everyone else's needs and emotions before your own can seem convenient, but the consequence of not having a good balance between your own needs and others can be more impactful than you realize. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash paper today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash paper. So, Becca. Yes. What in your mind constitutes a beach read? Well, I mean, I guess anything can be a beach read if you read it at the beach. But for me, I think there's a few hallmarks of a beach read. One being that it's fun. I don't want to cry at the beach, ideally. So something that is really fun. I want something that is easy reading because I feel like usually if you are at the beach or a pool, There's a lot of distractions. Maybe you're like half having a conversation and then 
you know, put down your book for a few seconds and come back to it. Or, you know, there's music or other people talking. So I like something that's not so involved that if you take your eyes off the page for a second, you have to like go back and read. And I like something pacey. I like something that's pretty quick that I'm going to be able to suck down in a shorter period of time. So I don't want a really long book and I don't want a really like involved book. I think those are kind of my hallmarks. I mean, for me, I feel like a romance is the ultimate beach read, but I have wrecks that are not romances too. What about you? What constitutes a beach read for you? I feel like the only things that a good beach read needs to have for me are that it is either completely immersive, like I'm just really engaged in the setting, like very atmospheric, even better if it's beach adjacent or like water. (laughs) I was about to say set on a water town. That doesn't make any sense. But if there's like a lake or whatever, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Or it makes me feel like giddy, like delighted, which I feel like is usually kind of a feeling I get with really good romance. And finally, a really good beach read, I think, is just anything that like I cannot stop turning the pages. Like I will sit in that chair on the beach for six hours until I finish that book, whether I'm crying or depressed or scared or delighted, any of it. Just I have to keep turning the pages. So you're open to beach crying. I am. I read We All Want Impossible Things on the Beach last year. And I just. I cannot imagine reading that book in public. I was sobbing, which I shouldn't even honestly mention that book now because I'm in such a fragile state at the moment. But yeah, I had sunglasses on and I remember thinking, no one here knows that I am just sitting here crying. But at the same time, like the beach is such a beautiful place to me and reading a beautiful book, I feel like it's just like a. A, a dream Pisces experience, really. So I'm open to anything. Okay. Okay. So I, I was just on vacation and I took such a huge interest in what people were reading at the pool. Oh, I love it's like that. my own market research of like what people are reading. And I have to say, okay, first of all, so we were staying at this beautiful resort. It has four pools. It is very much a place for relaxing. The books that they sold in their shop, it was just all so heavy for the pool. And then I had a second moment of pause looking at what the men were reading at the pool. Like, are men okay? I mean, no. (laughs) And I want to know what Jake reads at the pool because, okay, I saw this. Like, the women, I was like, yes, I understand this. Somebody's reading Prince Harry's memoir. Somebody's reading Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld. You know, somebody's reading that Jillian McAllister thriller from a few months ago that was one of Reese's Book Club's picks. Like, yes, I understood what the women were doing. I saw a guy reading Camus. Like just some, you know, light philosophy. There was another guy reading Cormac McCarthy's No Country for Old Men. I was like, what are you doing? Of course. There was somebody reading Dostoevsky reading. I don't remember if it was Crime and Punishment or or which it was. Oh, dear God. But I was like, what are the men doing? I I don't want to stereotype, but I feel like men are typically not readers as often as, as women are. And I feel like they get to vacation and they're kind of panicking. They're like, I guess I'll read one of the most highly regarded literary books of all time since I'm, I'm going to be reading. It's not like they're like, hmm, I really want something that's going to delight me. I mean, not to generalize. I'm sure some men are looking to be delighted, but I think it's a different type of, I don't know. And I also think more men don't view reading as entertainment in the same way that women do. Yes, I, I, I see that. But, you know, I was like, you know, get like a, a Ken Follett historical mystery. Get like a 
a Jack Reacher novel. You know, there like there are certain things that, you know, I could be like, oh, it's a little it's commercial. It's like fast paced. Dostoevsky at the pool. <laughs> I'd rather die. I'd like, rather drown. I, oh, I don't want to generalize, but I'm like, you can't be enjoying yourself. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. What was the most frequent book you saw? I didn't see a lot of repeats. And honestly, I was a little disappointed because so many people were reading on a Kindle. So I, I couldn't eavesdrop ah, on damn. what they were reading. Not okay. Not okay. Not okay. Not okay. I feel like anytime I go to a beach, I see like 12 copies of The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, no matter what, which is a great beach read, I think. Oh, I was so happy because I saw this woman who was reading Bomb Shelter by Mary Laura Philpot, and I was so awkward because I asked the woman if I could take a picture of it to send it to Mary Laura. Uh, The woman was so nice. We had like a nice conversation. She was like, oh, how do you know her? And I told her that I'm an author, too, which is kind of indirectly how I know her. You didn't say, I actually have a podcast called Bad on Paper. If you want to tune in, we have I a new know. episode every week. I was <laughs> too I was too awkward to say that because we. I met Mary Laura at a live show we did in Nashville. But anyway, so I sent I like asked if I could take a photo of her to send it to Mary Laura. And Mary Laura was so thrilled. And she said that it was the first time she'd ever had like an in the wild spotting of somebody reading her book. And so then oh, she. Cool. She, I DM'd it to her and she ended up reposting it on her story. And I was like, oh, I bet this woman did not wake up this morning thinking that a photo of her in a bathing suit was going to like end up on some author's Instagram. I felt a little bad. Were you imagining like going on vacation next year and seeing people reading your book? Uh, I don't know if mine's a beach read because it's a winter read. Well, people go to the beach in the winter. That's true. I guess you just have to go to the Caribbean somewhere that's still hot. Yeah, just spend like the month of December in the Bahamas and you'll probably see it. Oh, I would love that. Please, (laughs) if anyone ever sees anyone reading my book on vacation, take a photo and send it to me and I'll probably cry. I will tackle them to the ground if I need to. Great. To tell them in a nice way. In a nice way. Yeah. Do you ever match your reading to where you're traveling? I've tried in the past, It can be kind of difficult, I think. I did last year save every summer after specifically to read at the beach. Oh. And that that was a great choice. It was very, very enjoyable. I see a lot of people in the Facebook group doing this. And I'm usually like, oh, I have this teetering pile of books. So I just take the most urgent ones out of it or the ones I'm most excited for. But I think this is such a lovely idea. Like if you're going to Italy to only read books set in Italy. I aspire to do this. Yeah, me too. As a concept, I love it. Well, let's get into it. Give me your first batch of recommended beach reads and what they're about and why. So because I read a lot of different genres and I read a lot of different genres at the beach, I chose books that I have read at the beach or on vacation recently that I had a really good experience reading there. So the first one is Funny You Should Ask by Alyssa Sussman. This one is a famous person, real person, romance, where the woman is a journalist who interviews a movie star who is loosely based on Chris Evans in an article that was written about him. I read this in one sitting on the last morning of vacation before we had to like get to the airport at noon or whatever. I just like sat in the pool and drank mimosas and read this book cover to cover. And it was just absolutely delightful. I was like giddy through the whole experience. And I'm not usually like a huge romance person. So I really enjoyed it. I just reread this book as research for my own book. I'm just kind of reading a lot of famous normal person romances. And this book flies. Yeah. It is such a fast read. I think I might have read it in like 
less than three hours, maybe just blew through it. That is such a good quality. That's also, I feel like, why a Colleen Hoover kind of makes an unexpected good beach read because you can just get through it so fast. Not that you're looking for a sense of accomplishment, but you're like, one and done. Absolutely. My next one that I had just the most lovely experience reading at the beach is Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson, which is, I guess, a bit heavier, but... It has like these descriptions of the Caribbean, which I absolutely loved. I thought it was so beautiful. I also read this really fast to the point where I've talked about this on the podcast, but someone came up to me and she said, excuse me, like, what is that book you're reading? Because I've never seen someone read something so fast because we were just hanging in the same area in the pool. I just could not put this book down. I adored every second of it. And this is sort of like a family drama, but I think it kind of reads like a a mystery almost or a yes. thriller. It is just wonderful. I I adored this book. This book also has very fast chapters. And I feel like that really yes. sucked me into the book very quickly because you felt like you were getting through it really fast. Like it's kind of, yeah. you're like, I'm already on chapter 10. Great. Yes, exactly. And it's like 20 pages, but still. Exactly. Another book that I've read at the beach, which I think might surprise people, is Project Hail Mary. But I just had the most fun reading this because I could not put it down. And it did delight me in a way, even though it is certainly not a romance. But the friendship aspects of it, um, we have a a book club episode on that if you want to listen to it. But this is about friendship and space. We'll just leave it at that. (laughs) I mean, the only thing better than reading this at a beach would be reading it in space. Although I assume you'd have other jobs to do if you were on a spaceship. That's true. I would hope. But maybe not. Maybe you just need to kill time. Maybe you're being held captive by Terrence. (laughs) I mean, it happens. It's a possibility. You need to prepare. If you're going to bring one book in your space suitcase. Uh, This one is also great if you are going on vacation with a partner or a friend who is not traditionally a big reader. One of the most fun memories of this book at the beach for me is that I read it and I like handed it to Jake in his lounge chair next to me. And I was like, you need to read this now. And then we got to talk about it, which was fun. Uh, The final book is Paper Palace by Miranda Cowley Heller, which I read in the Outer Banks a few years ago. And this is kind of a dark book. It's kind of depressing as well. And it does involve infidelity. So if that's something you don't want to read about, maybe skip it. But I just thought it was so beautifully written. I could not put it down. I thought it was super atmospheric. And I made like a whole playlist for this book because I just was so like inspired by the general vibes of it. And I just couldn't put it down. So that's what constitutes a beach read for me, I guess. I have not read that one. Oh, really? I remember at the time it was getting very like hot and cold reviews. People either loved it or hated it. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't have any expectations going in and um, I really loved it. So make of that what you will. Okay. What are your favorite beach reads? So to start us off, I'm, I'm going to give you my four tippity top beach read recommendations. I don't know if these are going to be the most unique ones, but I, these are my top ones. And then I have some more deeper cuts as we go. Okay, so Ellen Hildebrand, obviously queen of the beach read, I think dubbed by the New York Times. I think if there is one book of hers that you should read on vacation, it's the Winter in Paradise series. I think this is a perfect vacation read. It's set on St. John, not Nantucket. Basically, the premise of the book is that this woman who's in her 50s or 60s, she has adult children, 
finds out that her husband had been leading a secret double life in St. John. And he uh, unexpectedly passes away and she has to go down there and kind of unravel what was going on. But the book, I mean, first of all, it has such a strong sense of place on St. John, but also it has that it has that sense of discovery, of discovering a new place. Because with a lot of Ellen's books, they're set on Nantucket, but the main characters are Nantucket locals. So, you know, they're experiencing summer in a, in a slightly different way than you would be if you were going to a new place for the first time. But I feel like the Winter in Paradise series is great. It's like a little bit of a mystery. There's some romance. Like it really has something for everyone. And they go so quickly. Like I needed to know what happened. And there's three or four different points of view, maybe even more than that. So there's there's like a lot of interconnected stories within it. So that would be my number one Ellen pick. I love that we got another suggestion for Ellen Hildebrand, but different Ellen books. We did. We did. We'll play that later. Yes. And I would give an honorable mention. I was trying to pick books that are already out, but Ellen's book that comes out this year is called The Five Star Weekend. And I think that would also be a great vacation read. The premise is a woman whose husband also dies suddenly and unexpectedly, brings together her four best friends from the different phases of her life for a girl's trip weekend in Nantucket. And so I think if you're taking a girl's trip with people who have meaning to you from different phases of your life, and it definitely has like a strong vacation vibe through the points of view of the four other women who are coming to the island. So highly recommend any Ellen, maybe with the exception of 28 Summers, which will make you cry um, (laughs) for the beach. But those would be my top Ellen's for the beach. I also would highly recommend People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. I think that is the best Emily Henry for the beach, in my view, because it's built around the narrative of these two friends who have a tradition of taking a summer trip. And so in the past, you get all the greatest hits of their past summer trips. And in the present, they're not speaking and they reconnect and go on a trip. We, we kind of find out what happened, what went wrong in their friendship. So I think this one has like very strong vacation vibes of getting to travel through the character's eyes, which I think is always fun. My third one, unsurprisingly, is The Idea of You by Robin Lee. <laughs> Good choice. Good choice. Whenever people DM me asking for recommendations, for like a honeymoon or something, I always recommend this because I feel like you're just going to have the hottest sex after reading this book. Like it is so steamy in such a good way. This is a perfect example of a book that will like delight you. You'll be like giggling. Oh, you'll be delighted. Yeah. And in case you haven't heard the 9 million pitches I've made for the book over the years, it's a famous person, normal person romance about the main characters is comped on Harry Styles when he's still in one direction this 40-year-old divorcee mother of a tween daughter takes her tween daughter to one of their concerts and ends up striking up a romance with him. Again, it's very travel-y. She's kind of going to different places where they're having shows. So there's a strong sense of international travel and a lot of steamy romance. This one's definitely like, I don't know how many chili peppers it is, but there's some chili peppers involved on the spice scale. Oh, yeah. And then a fourth one that if you're not a fiction person, I'm very biased, but I would recommend my friend John Glynn's memoir, and it's called Out East. And it is his memoir about the summer that he came to realize that he was gay and fell in love with a man in a Montauk share house. And so, you know, it's very much like being in your 20s and cramming into a a kind of like shitty vacation rental 
and like having like wild nights out. So if that's like a vacation vibe that you're nostalgic for or that you're having, I think this would be such a great read. That sounds great. Let's listen to a couple of listener recommendations. Hi, this is Laura Eason um, calling in from Raleigh, North Carolina um, about my favorite beach read. Now, we'll preface this by saying I did not read this book on the beach or on vacation, but it definitely transported me to what I felt like was just another place and time. And that book is The Last Book Party. It is a book that I've never seen hyped up. Um, I've never seen it on any reading list. But I actually won the book on Instagram through a book giveaway. Anyway, when I read it, it was just so good. It's about a young woman who basically is shadowing a very infamous writer. And she ends up going to his basically like this annual book party. And it's very like Gatsby-esque and just like summer romance coming of age, basically just everything. It has a great setting. The setting is coastal, so that helps. But yeah, I really enjoyed this book, and I don't think it's talked about enough. So thank you. Can't wait to hear the podcast. Bye. I have never heard of this book, and it sounds right up my alley. I do like anything Gatsby-esque. I might have to check this one out. Yeah, me too. It sounds like very fun. Hey, Becca and Olivia, this is Kathleen from Wisconsin, and I am calling to recommend the Beach Read Cover Story by Susan Rigetti. This was actually one of your book club picks, and I read it on the beach in Mexico last summer. It was the perfect book for that. Super fun, gives you enough of an escape from reality, it keeps you pulled in, and it's easy to come back to even after you've had a few margaritas. So, Cover Story by Susan Rigetti is your summer's beach read. Thanks so much. Love the podcast. I hadn't thought of this as a beach read, but I can totally see, again, very fast-paced book. Like, I just yeah blew through this book. So I could see this being having the qualities of a good beach read. Very crushable. It doesn't feel super heavy. Like, yep. But if you want something that's lighter but not necessarily a romance, yep. I feel like it would be a really good choice. I agree. And also, you can listen to our episode about it afterwards from uh, last summer. Yes. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Let's do a few more of ours, and then we can hit some more voicemails. So I tried to group these as, if you are not a romance reader, what I would recommend to you for the beach. So the first one I have for you is Musical Chairs by Amy Popel. I think this book is so highly underrated generally. Um, It's about a woman of, uh, I think it's two adult children and, um, they're finally out of the house and she goes to, she has a Connecticut vacation house and she goes from New York city to spend the summer in Connecticut and unexpectedly her whole family ends up in crisis and all of her, uh, kids and then her best friend all end up coming to stay in this house as well. And it has somewhat Gilmore girls vibes in that, like she has very rich eccentric parents who are involved in this. I would read this if you went on a trip to an Airbnb upstate. I feel like that would be like the perfect vibe. Oh, interesting. 
or I mean, if you if you have a beach house on the Connecticut coast, like it would be even more perfect. But it's very much like a family dramedy. Okay. So highly recommend that. And also just recommend that in general. I think it's highly underrated. Um, another one that I thought of was Destination Wedding by Diksha Basu. And this is a book club pick from quite a while ago. Um, but this is about an Indian American woman who goes to India for the destination wedding of a cousin of hers. And it definitely has a really strong sense of place in terms of her experiencing India and her kind of thinking through her own cultural identity and kind of not feeling Indian enough in India, but not quite feeling American either. The wedding aspect of it is so fun and so over the top. It's a very fun read, but it does have some um, heavier themes as well. So I think it could be like a good, what did Jenny Jackson call it? A chocolate pretzel book? Oh, I think that's the word she used. That sounds kind of perfect for the beach. Yeah, that it's like it has something more. And also the the wedding planner character in this like is one of the most eccentric fun characters in a book I've ever read. Nice. And then another book club pick that I think would make an excellent beach read. And it is a romance, but it's not a normal romance. I think You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty by a quickie amaze would be an incredible beach read. The first part of it is set in New York, but then it's set on an unnamed Caribbean island that I think is supposed to be Jamaica. It is just the descriptions of the landscape are so lush and so tropical and the food descriptions as well, like what they're eating is so incredible. So I think if you're going somewhere in the Caribbean, I think this would be amazing. And it is a romance, but it's much sharper than your average romance. And I could see somebody who isn't a romance reader being interested in this. Yeah, actually, it's funny because when we read this for book club, I I had some issues with it, although I did fly through it. But when we were writing our suggestions for beach reads, this came to my mind, too. Yeah. Like, I feel like this would be the perfect book if you were going to do like a little buddy read on like a trip with your friends or whatever. That would be the perfect thing to like get drunk at the end of a beach day and like argue about. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's very polarizing. I feel like this one, there's a lot to talk about it, whether you like it or dislike it. Absolutely. Um, and then my fourth non-romance beach read recommendation is The Gunkle by Stephen Rowley. This is about a gay man who lives in Palm Springs who ends up taking in his sister's two youngish elementary school age children for the summer and how he kind of builds his relationship with them. It's very fun. It's very heartwarming. It's very easy reading. And it's ultimately very uplifting, which, as you know, I don't want to cry at the beach. So I feel like that kind of checks all my boxes. And Stephen Rowley is also just one of the funniest writers that I know of. And so I think that you'll also be laughing, which I always appreciate. Great choices. What do you have in your second batch of beach reads? I kind of just have a random smattering of books that I didn't read at the beach, but that I think would be really good at the beach. So the first one is romantic comedy. The only reason I would say, which I'm not romantic comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld, which everyone knows about, so I won't give you the spiel. But the only time I would say maybe stay away from this is if early pandemic stuff bothers you or unsettles you. Um, otherwise, I thought this was really fun and delightful. 
It's a famous person, real person, romance, if you don't know. The next one is a book I've been seeing so many people in the Facebook group write about, but that's Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. This was one of my like top five or six favorite books from last year. I adored this book. It is delightful. It is fun. It isn't sad or heavy. I think it would just be a really, really fun read at the beach if you're looking for something lighter, but you want to turn the pages and you don't necessarily want a romance. I just, I absolutely love this book. I need to buy this. I still haven't read it and I know that I would love it. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And I keep, you know, waiting for that day that's never going to come when my pile is done and then (laughs) then I'll buy this book. But I think I should just buy it and throw it in the pile because I really want to read this. I think you should. I think it's worth it. It's a great one if you just like feel like you've been reading the same thing for a while. You just want something fresh and different and Mm -hmm. and fun. The final one is something a bit different. It's The One by John Mars. This is kind of sci-fi, kind of dystopian. This is like a mystery slash thriller about a dating app that matches people based on DNA. Oh. And uh, there's a Netflix show on this, but it's terrible. But this is one of those books where you're not going to be able to stop reading it. At least I wasn't able to stop reading it. I just thought it was so fun. I I really loved it. And I highly recommend. Oh, interesting. Well, let's listen to two more listener voicemails. Hi, Beck and Olivia. This is Bridget, and I'm calling in with one of my most favorite recent beach reads, and that's the Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. Now, this is a sci-fi, which may not be everybody's favorite thing to read by the beach, but it was perfect for me, and it is so much fun. It's like Jurassic Park meets Godzilla on an alternate universe, and it all starts when the main guy, Jamie, is stuck in a dead-end job, Uh, during COVID-19 times and takes on a new position for an animal rights organization, but finds out that he has gotten more than he bargained for. It's like watching one of your favorite summer blockbuster movies um, and just having a really great time. It's also fabulous on audio narrated by Will Wheaton from Star Trek, and I can't recommend it enough. Thanks. I had never heard of this me either at all, but it immediately spoke to me as a beach read I would love because I love sci-fi at the beach. I don't really read a lot of sci-fi and I feel like I don't get recommended a lot of sci-fi, but I just love it at the beach for some reason. I don't know what it is, but this sounds really good. Also, this person said that there's a great audiobook, and I feel like we get a lot of requests in the Facebook group for people who are taking a long road trip with their partner of what's something that would yes. be a crowd pleaser for both. And I haven't read this, but it sounds like this could be, well, she said it's a great audio experience, but also it could be something that both you and your partner could enjoy if you're driving to your beach vacation. Hi, Becca and Olivia. I absolutely love the podcast. And I think my ultimate beach read, I wish that I could actually replicate this and live through this for the first time, but would be Ellen Hildebrand, Blue Bistro, um, back to back with Hotel Nantucket. I can just like smell the beach and the restaurant and it's just the ultimate. I wish that I could do this. This is a great recipe if you haven't tried it. So I highly agree with this. The only reason the Blue Bistro does not make it to my beach read list because it is my all-time favorite Ellen book is because it does not pass the cry test. I cried very hard in this book. So 
not for me at the beach. But if you don't mind <laughs> crying at the beach, you should do it. You have a smattering of Ellen Hildebrand options. I mean, any Ellen Hildebrand at the beach is, is a is a good bet. What else do you have for us? I, I see we have some thriller at the beach racks. Yes, I absolutely love a thriller at the beach. I just, I don't know why. I, I, I absolutely love it. It kind of takes the edge off. Like, I feel like yeah. something that is scary feels less scary at the beach. Yes. And I feel like... Unless it's about a shark. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> I I think that it's um it's also like that same feeling of being delighted or surprised by like twists and turns. I guess delighted is not the right word, but surprised or just like intrigued or whatever. I really love that. So the first one I would recommend is Little Secrets by Jennifer Hillier. This was a thriller that I think Things I Bought and Liked was suggested last year, and I did not see the twists coming, <laughs> which is always just a really great surprise. So I would really suggest that one. That's a that's high praise. Yeah, it was very twisty, very twisty. I really, really liked it. I would also suggest my all-time favorite, The Push by Ashley Aldrain, although it's extremely heavy and dark, but I make everyone read this book and... Every time I do, like if I'm on a family vacation and someone's reading it, like they just disappear for like an entire day to read it, which I love. And then they come back at the end and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, but it wasn't good. Similar verity in terms of the what the fuck aspect of it. I love seeing people read that at the beach because they can't put it down and there's so much to talk about. And then another thriller that I really loved was White Ivy by Susie Yang, which I feel like is a very divisive thriller but also very much surprised me and I think would be really fun to read at the beach. So for my last bucket, I obviously have to tell you about some more romances that I think you would love at the beach if you were a romance reader. The first one is The Summer Job by Lizzie Dent, and this is from a few years ago. Very fun rom-com. It's British. It's about a, a woman whose life is kind of a mess, and she takes a job as a sommelier at this hotel in the Scottish Highlands, under false pretenses, she uses her friend's credentials and she has no wine experience. So she's kind of like bumbling her way through this job because she thinks that it's kind of an old crumbling hotel, but they actually have recently redone it. So she doesn't think she has much to lose, but it turns out she's in a much more high pressure position than she imagined. And she has a little romance with another guy who works at the hotel. So that one is very fun. Uh, my second one is Every Summer After by Carly Fortune, which was one of my top books, period, last year. It's set at a lake in Lake Country north of Toronto. It's about these two childhood sweethearts who fell in love over the course of six summers when they were young and then kind of spectacularly imploded. And then they're reuniting in the present. And over one weekend, we we kind of get the book in alternating now and then timelines. This book is laced with something highly addictive. This <laughs> yeah, book true. is, I could not turn the pages fast enough. It's a romance, but there's this underlying like secret of what did she do? She, you know, she feels guilty about something that she did from like very early in the book. Oh my gosh, I could not, even though it's not a mystery whatsoever, I could not stop turning the pages to find out. And also the romance is so great. Yeah. I love like a slow burn friends to lovers romance. So this really did it for me. It's great. And we have two listener voicemails who also agree with this one. Hey, 
This is Gabby. Um, I think my favorite beach read I've read recently is definitely Every Summer After by Carly Fortune. I can't wait to read her new book, Meet Me at the Lake, sitting on a beach somewhere. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Madison from Atlanta, Georgia. A huge fan of the podcast. I wanted to tell you about my favorite beach read, which is Every Summer After by Carly Fortune. One of the best books I've ever read, but why I think I love it as a beach read is um, the setting is just so, you know, perfect for summer. Uh, Summer's at the lake house. Um, You know, that just feels really quintessential summer to me. And um, I think that the nostalgia for summers when you're young, you know, you're in school, you're really, um, you know, looking forward to your summer vacation. That nostalgia really just makes it the perfect beach read to me. And, you know, there's some romance in there. There's a complex story. And I just, I love it. So thanks for the podcast and everything you guys do. Bye. If you're looking for something newer because you are a connoisseur of romances and you've read all of these, The True Love Experiment by Christina Lauren came out this week. And this is, oh my gosh, I don't know if it's possible to tell if an author was having fun while writing a book, but it feels like it. Like this book is just pure unbridled fun. It is loosely a sequel to to the soulmate equation, but you do not need to read that first. You could just jump in with this. The two characters from that are side characters in this. This is about a woman who's a romance author who has stopped believing in true love, and she gets tapped to be on a reality show, a dating reality show that's kind of comped off The Bachelor, but it's so fun and so tropey. All of her matches on the dating show are different romance hero archetypes. So there's like the cinnamon roll and there's the the bad boy, etc. The show sounds, I don't even like reality dating shows. The show sounds so fun. I like need this to exist. And her <laughs> as a character is, uh, she's a fantastic, like very fun, but very nuanced character. And I loved this book. Loved it. It sounds like such a good potential beach read. Such a good beach read. I have it downstairs. I need to read that. And the steamy scenes. Oh, steamy scenes are really good. So (laughs) highly, highly, highly recommend this. Just such a fun romp. And then my last one, I know I said that I was trying to avoid books that hadn't come out yet, but I have to tell you about this book because I think this is going to be the beach read of the summer the same way that I think every summer after was the beach read of last summer. So I think this year it's going to be Same Time Next Summer by Annabelle Monahan, who wrote Nora Goes Off Script. This is her second book. This is about a woman who is uh, about to get married And she goes to the Long Island town. It's a fake town, kind of like in Book Lovers by Emily Henry. It's just like a quirky small town. It's not the Hamptons, but it's like on Long Island. She goes out to this beach town where she spent her summers growing up. And her and her fiance are looking at wedding venues. And while she's there, she runs into her childhood first love, who is the boy next door, And it's also told in alternating now and then timelines. It has a lot in common with Every Summer After, but it doesn't feel too similar at all. Like the setting is so different and their relationship is so different and the current circumstances are so different that it feels completely fresh. Again, could not stop turning the pages. Loved this book. And I thought the writing in this book was so spectacular. I remember... Nora goes off script being well-written, but like I thought like I was just highlighting the shit out of this book. 
So I think this is going to be the beach read of the summer. We can we can come back in, in September and assess if I'm right. You've heard it here first. You've heard it here first. If you've been paying attention, you've heard it multiple times now. I so I like what I like. Don't be surprised. Becca, Becca called it. I like what I like. So this one comes out June 6th. So make sure you pre-order it so that you have it in your beach bag for any beach vacations you have coming up after June 6th. So again, that's same time next summer by Annabelle Monahan. Well, I hope we did a good job filling up your beach bag with a variety of different reads, whether you're a thriller at the beach girl, whether you like to cry at the beach, or whether you're just looking for a lighthearted romance. I hope you're listening to this as you get your pre-vacation pedicure. Oh, yes. That would be such a great day. You listen to this, you get your pedicure, and then you head off to your local bookstore and you buy all of our recommendations. I want to do that. (laughs) Me too. Let's get into some end matter. Olivia, what are you obsessed with? I had an obsession written, but I'm going to switch it now. I am obsessed for the like whatever year in a row with Queer Eye because there's a new season. Where is it this year? It's set in New Orleans. Okay. New Orleans, yeah. Which my brother is moving to New Orleans, which I'm very excited about. Oh, I didn't know that. excuse to go more often. Yeah, he's uh, driving there from Alaska. Oh, my gosh. So, Grant, if you're listening to this on your multi-day journey, shout out to to Grant. Anyway, um, Queer Eye. This show has consistently brought me so much joy. And the first season came out after, like, my friend had passed away. It was a very difficult time in my life. And I was 24 now I'm 30. had to think about that for a second. And this week has just been so unbelievably shitty on so many different levels. And I turned that on. I just like, it's so lovely. They care about these people on the show so much. And you can tell. I just love them. I, I just, I think they're wonderful people. And I think it shows. I feel like we need more life affirming content like that. It's just, it makes me so happy. And I'm so I don't know. I'm just so grateful there are people like that in the world. I watch almost no reality television. And this is the only show that is like can't miss reality TV for me. I just it is so warm and fuzzy. Like it just makes me feel good about humanity. Yeah. The first episode of the season I have to plug because I was a bit skeptical because they make over like a frat house. And of course, you have like assumptions immediately based on that. And by the end of it, I was sobbing. I was like, (gasps) these young men, I was so impressed with it just keeps getting better which is like the i think the slogan for the show but it really does keep getting better anyway i needed that this week so what is your obsession my obsession are these sandals which were the only thing i bought for this vacation i feel like i have a section of my closet that is like not appropriate for my everyday life and is only for a vacation but i bought these sandals they're the jeffrey campbell links sandals l-i-n-q-u-e-s and I bought them from Anthropology. They come in a bunch of colors, but I bought them in the neutral color. And they're basically these thong sandals that then have a giant kind of like sculptural gold piece over the foot. Hmm. First of all, I think they're really beautiful, but I think these are the perfect vacation shoes for going out to dinner because they're flat, but they're still fancy. So, oh, nice. You know, they're not the most comfortable. I wouldn't want to walk 10,000 steps in them, but like, you know, for any kind of vacation that you're either walking a short distance or like walking to an Uber and, and then getting out, like it's totally fine. But yeah, they're like, they feel fancy, but they're not heels. Did someone inspire you to buy this or did you just see them online? You were like, have to have them. No, I just saw them online. I was just looking for like elevated summer sandals. And I bought a bunch, nice. and these were the only ones that I kept. I can't wait to Google these afterwards. 
What about on the reading front? I finished The Collected Regrets of Clover by Mickey Bramer, which came out on May 9th. And this book was kind of a journey for me. It has this very particular writing style, which is like very cozy, kind of in like a romancy type of way, although it's not really a romance. However, in the middle, I was kind of like, where is this going? I was a bit confused. There were things that weren't really working for me. I thought it wrapped up very nicely. I thought the subject matter was interesting. So the main character is a death doula. She spends her time with all of these people who are dying. Um, So obviously trigger warning. And um, she kind of does that instead of focusing on her own life and dreams. Yeah, if you like sort of, I won't say it's light. I think if you liked Flying Solo by Linda Holmes, that sort of writing style, I think something about this would work for you. So yeah. I loved Flying Solo, so I will have to check this out. What are you reading? I read two books. So I finished The Celebrants by Stephen Rowley, which comes out May 30th. And I mentioned last week that I had started this. And so this is about a group of five friends from college who make a pact to hold a living funeral for each of them at the lowest point of their lives. And so in the present, it's the living funeral of one of them. And then in the past timeline, it kind of goes through each of the past living funerals that they've had. And again, the writing is so funny. The subject matter is very heavy, but it's done in a light way, if that makes any sense. I loved this book. Like, I cannot overstate how much I loved it, how different it was, how well done it was. Like, it was really, really beautiful. I think this book is, I mean, I loved The Gunkle. This is a little bit heavier, but oh my gosh, I I think I think it's better than The Gunkle, which I really, really, really enjoyed. Wow, high praise. I think you in particular will love this, Olivia. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And then I read Will They or Won't They by Ava Wilder, which comes out June 27th. And this is the same author who wrote How to Fake It in Hollywood, the famous person, I guess it's famous person, slightly less famous person romance. And so this one is her book that comes out this year. It's another celebrity romance. It's about these two co-stars on what I envisioned kind of as like a CWE type TV show where everyone is shipping the the on-screen couple, but behind the scenes, the two actors hate each other. And again, it's told in two timelines. So in the past, it's like, how did they come to hate each other? And it's immediately clear that they had like a fling, like a physical relationship that then like completely soured. And then in the present, she left the show for a while and is coming back to the show. And now they have to work together again. And it's very much enemies to lovers. So this was very fun. It felt really different than both her first book, even though they're both romances between two actors. But it also felt really different than anything else I'd read in the genre of famous people romances. So I really, really liked this a lot. I think this was, I don't, I won't say it was better, but I think this was on par with How to Fake It in Hollywood. So, which I liked a lot. So I really, really enjoyed this. Perfect. Very nice. Perfect beach read. No crying, like really, really crushable. Great. One extra beach read recommendation for all of you. Yeah, but it doesn't come out until the end of June. Well, maybe someone has the July trip, you know. It's true. That's true. They got to prep. That's true. All right. Well, if any of those don't appeal to you, there's always the little known book, Happy Place by Emily Henry, which is our May book club pick. So we will be discussing all things Emily Henry. I was about to say Emily Henry's. Like, I feel like it's a genre, you know. Um, It could be a genre unto herself. 
I think it kind of is. So we'll be discussing all of that at the end of this month. And you can always find us in the Facebook group at Bad on Paper Podcast or on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. I can't wait to see the thread of this with more people's recommendations. I was surprised that we didn't get more voicemails. So hopefully in the Facebook group, you'll tell us what your favorite beach reads are because I have a few trips coming up and I need recommendations. Oh, I'm at Olivia Mentor. And I'm on On Instagram. (laughs) I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. Bye. Bye. Bye.